We are continuing a series I started last week. It's called The God of Second Chances. The God of Second Chances in this this sermon today has to do a little bit more with provision. But if you remember last week, we talked about how God gives us multiple second chances. And it's because of mercy. It's because of His grace that we were born sinners, we fail constantly. But with God, failure is not final. Amen? Amen. There we go. Oh, you did great. Uh, Much better than I even thought. If we started off that good, wait till we get rolling on this one. So we're still in first gear. So today we're going to be talking about the God of second chances and how God wants to bring a joyful life into our lives. I am so thankful that I have a Heavenly Father. I have a Creator. I have a Redeemer. I have a Savior who is patient with me, who is understanding of me, who is willing to work with me and doesn't throw me away when I fail. Because we all fail, you see? And in our world today, failure, we we reject people that fail us. But God is not like us. God is constantly merciful. He is constantly giving us opportunities. Those opportunities are called second chances. And I'm so thankful that, that God is a God of second chances. If you have your Bibles, I want to take you into the story of Joseph. And now we have, you've probably heard many, many messages on the passage of Joseph, but you're probably not going to hear it from the brother's perspective. I don't mean the the brother's, I mean his brother's perspective. So we're going to go in and say Acts 7.13 is the first scripture that we're going to start off with. Acts 7.13, and it says this. What are the first three words it says in that scripture? And what are we preaching on? Wow. Do you think that there's a connection there? Just think about that. Just think about that. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to the Pharaoh. It's pretty amazing scripture right there. And we're going to take a look at this. What drove the brothers to go there in the first place? We know that drought and famine were in the land. And Joseph's brothers were forced to go to Egypt. Now, anytime you're reading about Egypt in the Bible, Egypt is a representation of the world. Do you understand? You see, when you have a situation in your life, you can either go to God or you can go to the world. You can depend upon the government to take care of your bills. You can take care of the government to to make you feel better. You can depend upon Oprah to give you wisdom. Or you can turn to the Word of God and you can stand in faith on what God is about to do. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather trust God than our government. You see, our government's broke. Our government is in disarray. God is not broke. God does not sleep. He does not slumber. He does not take vacation time. He's not up for re-election. He doesn't really care what you think. He's still going to be God. Wouldn't that be great to have some politicians that were more like that to say, this is the right thing we're going to do, regardless of what feels good right now. And get our government in order. That's this whole sidetrack. That wasn't even in my notes. So I'll get back to my notes here. See what happens when I walk over to the right or left. I just, okay. So the, very, so the first time the brothers, Joseph's brothers go to Egypt for food, they don't recognize their brother that they had sold into slavery many years before. You see, they never turned to God after that situation. So now they're turning to Egypt 
the world for food. I want you to know that God knows what you need today. Amen? Amen. God knows what you need tomorrow. Amen? God knows what you need next year. Amen? Amen? See, God has your life planned out for you, and He knows the plans He has for you to give you a future and a hope. So it's important that we understand this. I'm talking not only about the needs that are material, but also non-material. You see, you can be blessed with great material. I mean, you can have a, a seven, eight-digit income. You can have all the money and resources that you want. You can have offshore checking accounts, and, and money is not the issue. You can be spending $50,000 a night for a hotel room that you're going to trash. But we see that a lot of people that have that lifestyle are not happy. So they're constantly shooting up, sniffing up, doing something to bring some happiness. Money is not going to bring you happiness. You see, it's only a peace that God can provide in your heart. We are all created with that God-sized hole in our heart that cocaine is not going to fix, that marijuana is not going to fix, that boyfriend or girlfriend or that relationship or that website is not going to fix. Only God can fix that hole in your heart. Amen? Amen. God knows in advance what you need. We read through the Bible... God already planned, when he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, God already knew that there would be that ram provided for the sacrifice. When God spoke to Noah about building an ark, when it had never rained, and then he builds this thing for 120 years, constantly being criticized. Could you imagine being criticized for, a, well, first, could you imagine living 120 years? Talk about a healthy diet. But, but, but to, to be criticized by your neighbors to build a boat when your neighbors have never seen a flood. But God knew what his family was going to need to save it when the rains did come, when the storm did arrive. See, God holds our future. It may not make sense to you right now, but God knows what's going to be happening one year from now. Man, that relationship you were so sure of that was going to be it was not it because God has a plan for you. That job that you knew was going to be the perfect fit for you was not it because God had a plan for you. So it's important that we understand that God has and holds our future. So today we want to look and learn how God can make second chances and provide provision through that. My first point is that God will make provision by offering the forgiveness we need. God offers the forgiveness we need. We can all cry out to help for God. This is one of the first truths of this story of Joseph and his brothers. God made a way for those who called out for help. He offers his forgiveness. Now, at first, you may not think this is not really one of the main starting points of this story, but it is. You see, the very first priority that God wants to do before he moves any mountains in your life is to make sure that your relationship with him is in the right order. And that comes through asking God for forgiveness, saying, God, I have done some horrible things. I have thought some horrible things. I have spoken some horrible things. My heart sometimes probably grieves you with what it, it can come up with. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I ask for your peace to come into my heart. That is the foundation of God moving it mightily in our lives. 
it's important that we understand that God gives us multiple opportunities to ask for forgiveness. Joseph's brothers missed many opportunities for forgiveness. And even though they didn't recognize him when he came into the court of Pharaoh, Joseph recognized them. It's interesting if you read the story, Joseph even tested his brothers to see if they would fess up after that many years. If you read the story, he's like, is this all of you? And they're like, well, yeah, there was one other. We had a younger brother. What happened to him? Oh, some horrible accident. That's not the truth. And Joseph knew it. He gave opportunity right there to say, you know what? We really did something horrible. But they passed on that opportunity. And so God gives them a second chance for forgiveness. That's why when we read in that first scripture, the second time they had to go to Egypt. Why isn't that God could have, the very first time they got some food, why isn't that that just didn't last them over and over and God says, okay, the drought's over? Because God had a second chance for Joseph's brothers. I also want you to realize that when you read through that story, God didn't send them back to Egypt to humiliate them. We serve a loving God. He sent them there for a second chance to show that he loves them. You know, I mentioned at the very beginning, when you normally you hear a passage on Joseph, it's focused on Joseph and God's faithfulness. But what about his brothers? See, God cares for all of us. And he cared as much and grieved as much for those uh, brothers that for 22 years carried around that, that, that hurt of what they did to their younger brother. And God is constantly wanting to give them an opportunity for restoration. You see, he had every right to judge them. He had every right to let them die in the land of famine. But he brings them back constantly to give them an opportunity. We have to understand that our actions in sin will create a chain of consequences. Galatians 6, 7, 9 tells us this. Make no mistake about it. You can never make a fool of God. Whatever you plant is what you will harvest. If you plant in the soil of your corrupt nature, you will harvest destruction. But if you plant in the soil of your spiritual nature, you will harvest everlasting life. Amen. See, what's happening is this. When you plant envy and jealousy, even in your relationships, you're going to have strained and broken relationships. If you plant greed into your life, everything's based on the dollar, you holding on to it, you're going to also reap some lying, cheating, and stealing to achieve those goals. I'm so thankful, though, that also what we reap and harvest can be for good. We can be out there sowing mercy. We can be out there sowing forgiveness and grace and love and joy and all of that comes back continuously into our lives. You know the scripture says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. We have, my wife and I have given to God constantly throughout our entire married life. And there were times when it was very hard to give. In fact, there was one time when I was out of work and, and we had no money and I just even said, God, I, I'm going to tithe my time because I, I have no money. I have nothing to give, but I, I can give you me. But God has always been faithful and God has always been gracious and God has always been a provider. So not only can we sow bad things, but we can sow good things. But so many times, do you remember last week we talked about 
ourselves even having two natures. We have a sin nature and we have a son nature. Do you remember the son being Jesus Christ coming into our lives, our spirit nature? And we're constantly battling between those two natures because anytime you read an email, a lot of times, man, that sin nature will pop and say, I'm going to let them have it on this one. It's both barrels time. How dare they say this? But then all of a sudden, your son nature says, you know what? Respond in peace. Wait. And you're like, I don't want to wait. I, I want to let them know how wrong they were, how hurtful they were. I want to set it correct right now. And he says, just wait. See, what nature you're listening to will determine the outcome of that situation. And I pray that we all will just seek God's wisdom and say, God, would you give me the wisdom and the peace to respond in love to this situation? And what I just did is I sowed love so now that I can reap love, forgiveness, mercy, as opposed to sowing poison, anger, bitterness, revenge. So let's be careful what we're planting in our fields because that's what's going to grow up as it's getting harvest. So it's important that we understand that God is quick to forgive us. Psalms 86.5 says, You, O Lord, are good and forgiving, full of mercy towards everyone who calls out to you. What's amazing is that Joseph's brothers carried around guilt for 22 years. 22 years they carried around the guilt of what they did to their younger brother. Now I'm assuming that none of you have sold a family member into slavery, so we probably can't fully comprehend the guilt of that situation. If you have, come talk to me afterwards. We're going to pray about that situation. But you see, this is what they did, and they carried that around for 22 years. They never went to their physical father, and they never went to their heavenly father about this situation. How many of us have been carrying around sins for 22 years that we've managed and we've never confessed to God before? God does not want you to manage sin in your life. There is no such thing as controlled sin. Sin is sin. If I brought in some, some nuclear substances, now don't worry, it's in a box and we're all safe. You may glow a little later today, but you're totally okay. Radi no, sin is sin. And a lot of times we feel that as we try to control it, it really starts controlling you. It's important that we understand the second thing that we can learn about this story is how God will make provision by being with us. Acts 7, 9 tells us this. Jacob's sons were jealous of their brother Joseph. They sold him into slavery and he was taken to Egypt. But God was with Joseph. Do you see that? God was with Joseph. That is the key to Joseph's endurance of what he went through because God was with him. Amen. You see, hard times come into all of our lives. Situations will encounter. You'll encounter something this week. I wish I could tell you that, man, now that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, everything will be just honky-dory. It will not be that way. You will encounter situations this week. But you need to know that God is with you. Do you remember we talked about, are you going to go to Egypt or are you going to go to God? You see, if you turn to the world, even if you come to me, 
and you place all that responsibility on me, guess what? Tonight about 11, 11.30, I'm going to get really tired and I'm going to go to sleep. But if you had taken that problem, that situation to God, God never sleeps. He never slumbers. You're constantly on his heart, in his mind. But see, it's so much easier to say, oh, Scott, would you handle this situation for me? Because, man, you're, you're great at this. And I'm transferring it over to Scott when I should have been transferring it in prayer to God. And see, it's easier because I can see Scott, but I don't see God, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to him. And, and if he can't do it, Becky can do it. And if Becky's not, then, then Austin, man, I know he's my, my, my cleanup hitter. We put our hope and trust too much in man and not enough in God. We, we, God is our source. God is our strength. God is our peace. God is our hope. He'll allow people to be that blessing to you, but do not put your hope and trust in man. The Word of God even says, man will fail you, but God will never fail you. So it's important that we understand that God was with Joseph. His presence was in with him. I have a great story, especially everyone who's in school is going to love this story. It may be the best school story I've ever, ever going to tell. Steve Winger is attending a logics class in Lubbock, Texas. This class is known for having one of the most difficult finals that is offered in the course. Out of mercy, the professor makes an announcement that in the next final, I'm going to allow you to bring one eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And anything that you can have on that piece of paper, you can bring into for the final. So you know what the, all the classmates did. Man, they started writing micro words, you know, because I mean, they're trying to get the entire textbook on this eight and a half by 11. And they used every square inch of the piece of paper. And everybody came into that final with this precious piece of paper thinking, this is my my blessed cheat sheet that I can take for this final. Steve comes into the class with a blank piece of paper. Steve also brings in his roommate who's a senior at the college that took the course last year. Steve puts down the piece of paper and has his roommate come stand on that piece of paper beside him. The professor notices that his previous student who made an A in the course is standing in the hallway on this piece of paper. And says, excuse me, but what are you doing in this classroom? Steve, being the, it, the, the person behind this, said, you said that anything I could fit on an eight and a half piece by, uh, by 11 piece of paper, I could bring in for the final. I'm bringing in my roommate. Guess who was the only person who scored an A on that final? Steve Winger. Told you it was a good story, wasn't it? God wants to be standing on your eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper when you're going through situations and saying, okay, no, don't do this. No, this would be really good. But no, what we're doing is, no, God, I'll handle this. I I'll write down all my little notes and I'm going to write down everything. I don't need to bring you into this situation, God, because I'm just going to follow my, my, my checklist. I am very good at checklists, God. And how many of us have the faith to just say, you know what? I'm laying down a blank piece of paper and I'm having God stand beside me. And he's going to give me the wisdom in my business. He's going to give me the wisdom in my relationships. He is going to be my source. And he's going to be my strength speaking into my life. 
God is for us, who can be against us? Is what the Word of God is telling us. So it's important that we bring God into every situation. Not at the last minute when your plans have ruined everything and everything's crashing down and we cry out, Oh God. Does He answer those prayers? Yes. But how much more would he have enjoyed being with you at the very beginning of that process so that you didn't need to be crying out, Oh God. It's important that we understand. Joseph went through some very difficult situations in his life. His brothers turned on him. You see, Joseph made a mistake. He shared his dream that God had given him of greatness to his brothers. His brothers got jealous and decided, you know what, we're going to sell him. Well, first they were going to kill him, but then they decided we'll sell him into slavery, make some change out of this thing, and we'll show him that that dream is not going to be fulfilled. There will be people in your life that when you share a dream of God's greatness in your life, will not only agree with it, but will try to destroy it. They'll give you words of discouragement. You're not qualified. You're not worthy to be able to do this. Who are you that you think God would be able to do this through your life? Do you know all the wrong things you've ever done in your life and now you're going to do this godly thing? That is Satan speaking into your life through influences. That's why you have to guard your heart in all situations. You have to surround yourself with people who will be praying for you and encouraging you in situations. So that when you are going through the test, you will know that God is with you. Joseph was also falsely accused by his master's wife. Joseph was also thrown in prison. But no matter how dark the situation was, God knew that jo that God Joseph knew that God was with him. Big differences between putting your hope and trust in man and putting your hope and trust in God. God is not limited in any way. God is not limited in any way. Dino and the team that worship today was awesome. Truly was. Felt the power of God. Was sensing that all things are possible. Hebrews 13.5 says this. Don't love money. Be happy with what you have because God has said, I will never abandon you or leave you. God is with us through the bad times. You may be going through a bad season right now. It may be a horrible time in your life and you may feel alone, but God is with you. The Amplified Bible tells me this. God himself has said... I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsaken, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. That's, that's my God. He will not. He will not, he will not, he will not let go of me. No matter how rebellious I am, no matter how many times I fail, he will not, he will not let go of me. Some of you felt like you have burned, not only did you feel like you've burned a bridge, you nuclear attacked a whole surrounding area. But God will not let you go and will give you a second chance to rebuild that relationship, to rebuild what has been stolen in your finances, to rebuild relationships, to rebuild build this peace that you once had but is missing right now. The third 
way that this story illustrates God's provision is that God will make a way for you by giving you favor, wisdom, and opportunity. The Bible not only says that God was with Joseph in Acts 9, but this is what it says about him in verse 10. In Acts 7.10 it says this, And rescued him from all his suffering. And when Joseph stood in the presence of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, listen what God did. God gave Joseph divine favor, wisdom, so that he became ruler of Egypt and of Pharaoh's whole palace. Do you realize that he was second in command to Pharaoh, uh, under Pharaoh? That's it. From the prison to the palace. That's the amazing thing. God gave him divine favor. God gave him unusual wisdom and gave him the opportunity and appointment to be over all of Egypt. That's how God made a way for provision. And God is willing to do this for you today. God is willing to give you His favor. God is willing to give you His wisdom. God is willing to give you the appointment that He has had planned for you all along. All He was asking for you to do is to ask for forgiveness, get your life straight, quit managing your sin, confess it as sin, come to Him and say, God, here I am. And I know that you're with me. And I'm standing on this scripture. What you've done for Joseph, you will do for me. Give me wisdom. Give me favor. Give me the appointment that you have destined for my life. You see, God has a plan for every one of us. There are no throwaway Christians in this room today. God has a plan and a purpose for you. But it all starts with coming to a point of forgiveness and asking Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior. To stop managing your life the way you feel that you should be running it. If you think it's been that great, continue on with it. But if you think that there are some big gaps in your life and you need a source, a strength that is constant, much greater, created the universe, and knows every fiber of your being, then I would recommend meeting His Son, Jesus Christ, today. You see, Jesus Christ came to this world and lived a sinless life and died on a cross for you and for me. And he became the sacrifice of sin. Because based on the law, without the shedding of blood, there was no atonement for sin. And he became the perfect lamb that was shed for us. So that we could cry out to him and ask for his forgiveness. Are you ready to seek his forgiveness? More importantly, are you ready to forgive others? And I guess my big question today is, are you ready to receive a second chance? You see, second chances will follow the first two steps. Asking for his forgiveness. Giving out forgiveness. Receiving second chances from God. This is what the story of Joseph's brothers actually happened. They received a second chance. Maybe today there's someone in here that needs that second chance. Maybe you're thinking, this message was designed exactly for me. This is, everything is what I'm going through. This is what's happening. It may be a relationship that's been strained. It may be your workplace is, is coming into disarray. Maybe you just feel 
unplaced right now. You haven't sensed God. You, you haven't walked in any of his presence. You feel alone right now. In fact, you can feel alone in the presence of others. God has a second chance to bring back that peace and that joy and that happiness. To bring back strength and health and healing into your body. But I would encourage you to first make sure that your relationship with God is correct through a relationship with Jesus Christ. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed today. I'm going to lead you in a minute in a very simple prayer. In fact, many of you all know this prayer by heart. And that's good. But one thing to memorize, that is a really good thing. You know, in my life, there's been some poems that I've heard that I wished I would have never, ever, ever memorized. This is something that you need to memorize. Because then when God gives you the opportunity with a coworker, with a student, a teacher, somebody in the hallway, and they're telling you that their world is falling apart, it gives you the opportunity to go in and make a difference. Make a difference. Are you ready to make a difference? You see, my back to school series is going to be called, Are You Mad? Mad being making a difference. I truly believe that God is preparing us to go into our worlds to make a difference. Into your classroom, into your neighborhood, into your work, to make a difference. To truly see that it's not all about us just receiving, but us giving out what God has given to us. And that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ, first and foremost. As you say this prayer, if you truly mean it, if you're willing to give this situation over to God, if you're willing to give your life over to God, pray this prayer. And would everybody join me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved. Amen. You know, I truly believe that somebody said that today for the very first time. I know sometimes we go through it as a routine, but I truly sense in my spirit that today somebody said, I'm tired of my life the way it is, and I want change. I want a second chance. If you're that person, you need to tell somebody, today I made that decision. It's important that we understand who God is and what God's willing to do and how we can make a difference. I'd like to speak a blessing over you today, so can we please stand? I have one or two announcements real quick also before I speak the blessing. Just to make everybody smile, we do not have to tear down for the next two weeks. Yay! For those who have folded chairs, they were the ones that first started clapping first, okay? <laughs> The studio is going to be, will have availability. Um, they're not having classes, so we'll be able to have it for the next two weeks. Also, I want to encourage you to pray for our pays apprentices. You know, I've been encouraging you.
to intercede for them each day while they're down there. They're going to be coming up very, very soon. We still need one host home. As I shared with somebody this morning, the Bible says that when you receive a prophet, you, when you receive a prophet into your home, you receive a blessing. Don't look at this as an inconvenience. Look at this as an opportunity to receive a young missionary into your home for one school year to truly make a difference and to receive that blessing. But as I was talking with Paul this morning, he said that not only are they experiencing God, but there was a healing that took place. You see, what I've been praying, what God has asked me to do is to intercede for them because for the Spirit to truly move in these young hearts so that as they go back now into Colorado and all the multiple states are going to go into, they're taking that energized Spirit of God into those churches. And that's what we as their church family need to be praying for. And whether they're coming here or not, we are responsible to pray for them. So I want to encourage you this week to intercede like you have never interceded for these young apprentices and for the PAYS project so that they truly experience all that God has for them to experience before they get sent out and received into the homes. Let me speak the blessing and we'll dismiss. And according to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you.